What's going on, everyone? You're listening to the Brazos Sports Preps Cast. It's week eight of the high school football season here in Texas, I believe. Is that right, Abigail? That is right. That is right. That means we're halfway home to the state championships. Um, It's Wednesday, October 13th. Happy birthday, Mom, and my stepdad, Brian. I'll give him a shout-out. Oh, happy birthday. Shout-out. Well, Abigail, we've got a big week on in store. Uh, we've got a battle for first place. Um, we've got some area teams that are that are looking to separate themselves in the hunt for the playoffs. And we've got a team that's looking to bounce back after their first loss of the season. So we'll also hear from our good friend Travis Brown, uh, fellow Eagle sports writer. Uh, he's going to break down Brian's first win of the season they got last week. So, Abigail, how are you doing today? I haven't even said anything hardly to you. No, it's okay. It's okay. I'm doing good. Um, happy birthday to your mom. And, and who'd you say? You're... My stepdad. Well? They share a birthday. Wow. They're meant to be even. I yeah. mean, that's pretty cool. Um, yeah, happy birthday. Shout out to them. That's awesome. Um, I'm doing good. It's not, it's not my mom's birthday or anything, but, but I'm doing good. <laughs> well, we'll jump right into it. AM Consolidated, they are going to host Montgomery this Friday at Tiger Field, a battle for first place. They're the only two unbeatens left in District 10 5A Division 2. This one's going to go a long way toward determining that district's champion. Abigail, you were at Consol's game last Friday. They they rallied to beat Lake Creek 36-22, but how do you feel like the Tigers were able to overcome uh, Brody Daniels injury there and, and get past the lions. Yeah. You know, it was, a, it, it got a little weird there towards the halftime and in and, and the second half um, it was, you know, Lake Creek was leading eight to six at, at the half. They scored early and, and um, they got a two point conversion Consol answered back, but they weren't able to get that, that uh, conversion there. Um, yeah. It, it was kind of an odd game. Obviously you have, um, you know, Brody gets a, thir- a big 37-yard run there in the second quarter, and then he's out. I don't see him for the rest of the game. We were kind of confused as to where he went. Um, I didn't see him on the sidelines or anything, and then we find out later, obviously, he got hurt in, in some some way during that run. Um, but I think the, the really the, – the big key for them, obviously, was um, those two huge runs from Trey Taylor and, and uh, Dracavian Minor. Um, Taylor was able to go. He found a, a huge gap um, in, in Lake Creek's defense and was able to go on a 50-yard run, which was really nice um, to give them 14-8 lead. And then uh, Dre Miner came in and uh, a 76-yard touchdown run. I mean, he carried those guys with him to the to the end zone. Um, he he was not going to give up that play. He wasn't going to be short at all. Um, and uh, that really got them going there. Um, you know, Fedora said that they didn't expect that to happen. Those two scores really helped them. And then they moved on to the Wildcat formation where you have Tyndall Bagcamere, um, you know, getting the snaps there, which is, I mean, it's just funny to see your, your, your middle linebacker getting, you know, snaps for the, at least the second part of the sec- second half. But yeah, I think those two run, those two touchdowns, um, were big for them. They got the momentum back there when they came back at halftime and you lose your quarterback, especially Brody Daniels being your quarterback. That's a really tough loss. Um, so I think 
those two big runs were able to help them. They hadn't been able to really, you know, go on any, they weren't able to get past, you know, like Lake Creek's line very much. They were really, Lake Creek was really, really shutting them down in the run game there. And um, for them to be able to get those, those um, two touchdowns was crucial. And, and the defense really, Consol's defense, I know we talk about them um, all the time, but they really carried them through to halftime and then the rest of the game. Cause I think if, if Lake Creek, maybe if they had another touchdown there in the, in that first half, it would have been a different story. Um, they were obviously able to score a few more in the second half, but um, again, Gonzalez defense was able to come in clutch for them in that first half. Like we said, Brody Daniel, uh, quarterback for Gonzalez, dealing with uh, an injury related to the head, I believe. Is that correct, Abigail? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So he's not expected to play for the Tigers this week. Gonzalez uh, kind of banged up right now, going into a pretty big game. So. This is going to be a tough test for them. You know, it, it'll be interesting to see what they do at the quarterback position. If we see more of Tyndall McNamara in that kind of Superman formation that Coach Fedora called it, or, you know, Consol's backup behind uh, yeah. Daniel is junior Cole Bentz. But I, maybe we'll see a little bit of freshman Will Hargett, who we saw at the state seven on seven tournament. Uh, it, it'll be interesting to see what Consol does on offense, I have a feeling it might look a little different than what we're used to seeing. Uh, on, the, on the flip side of that, Montgomery, led by two four-year starters. We, we talked about them last week heading into their game against Rudder uh, with Brock Bolfing at quarterback, Jalen Washington at running back. They were pretty sound last week against Rudder in their, in their win. Uh, the, the Bears' offense is averaging about 40 points a game. So, this could become a shootout. Uh, and, and honestly, with, with the injuries that Consol has on offense, their, their defense probably is going to have to play one of their best games of the season, uh, especially against a great Bears team. You know, Bolfing, he's got two very reliable receivers in, in uh, Justin Herman and uh, Maddox uh, Plaszczyk. They, they've just they've, – they've got the experience – They've, they've got they've got the weaponry. Um, so this is going to be a really good game, though. Consol uh, is favored to win this game, I believe. But uh, I don't think you can count Montgomery out either. And, and, you know, this is probably a game that the Tigers want because, one, you're playing for first place. And, two, Montgomery beat them last year. So, yeah. I mean, we'll, we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens Friday night, but uh, it, it'll be interesting to see what the Tigers are able to come up with on offense for sure. Well, moving along, uh, the team Montgomery beat last week to, to get in this position to play for first place, the Rudder Rangers. They're looking to bounce back from their first loss of the season. They host full shear this Friday. Uh, the, the Rangers, you know, I was there on Friday. They just yeah. they just really didn't have it on offense uh, and got behind 28 to zero at halftime. You know, I, I think taking care of the football is going to be key for the Rangers to get back on track. They had three turnovers last week, including two inside Montgomery territory. They had a they gave up a pick six on the very first drive of the game. Um, you know, uh, on the flip side, though. Full sheer, you know, they've really kind of surprised some people, I think, this season. And, and they had their bye week last week to get an extra few days to prepare for this game. You know, Abigail, you're going to be there on Friday at Merrill Green Stadium. 
What are you kind of looking for from the Rangers this week? Yeah, you know, I'm pretty excited. It's the first time I've seen Rudder this season. Um, so that'll be exciting to see, especially this is such a crucial game for them, especially coming off that loss to Montgomery. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I think, I mean, I think you said it perfectly. They have to limit those turnovers. You can't have, not only you give up pick six in the opening drive, but then you have a few more there um, to give Montgomery some chances. You can't give that to Fulshire. Fulshire is, you know, stronger than they appear I, like a rearview mirror, you know, they're, they're a lot closer and they're a lot stronger than I think that we give them credit for sometimes, but um, they, they were able to put up 32 points against Montgomery. Montgomery still won 52 to 32, but still, I mean, being able to put that much, uh, Rudder was only able to put up 13. Um, obviously those turnovers contributed to that, but um, you know, you got Rudder, they, it's homecoming. I think they maybe expected this game or they expected them to be at a different point in the season. Um, and I think we did too. I think, I think had they won against Montgomery, had it been, you know, they won 38 to 13, I think we would have said, oh, this is a no, they're going to win. Like you're not going to lose this homecoming game to full share, but obviously a crucial win you get Kinsaw for Rudder, at least you get Kinsaw in two weeks and you don't want to be coming off of two back-to-back -back losses. Um, when you see, the Tigers, even though they're struggling right now, obviously we don't know what's going on with Brody Daniel, if he's going to be back or not. But um, even though they, they're banged up right now, it doesn't mean they will be in two weeks and they'll be at home. So um, I think this is a really crucial win for Rudder. We obviously need to see those turnovers um, minimized. We need to see that defense that we've seen all season really come out. And I think we will. I think it'll be, not only is there a lot on the line, it's homecoming. Um, and they're at home. So a lot of, a lot of factors kind of go into it, but I think the Rangers, um, they're able to do those things and then they'll have a win this week and then be able to go into Kutsal, um, more confident and, and, um, in their abilities there. Yeah. One last thing on the Rangers, you know, after the game, they were huddled up and MJ Hurd's one of their team captains and, mm -hmm. and he, he was very, he was very vocal after that, you know, just trying to keep everybody's heads up, you know, hey, this wasn't our night. Flush it away. Keep moving forward. And, and, I, and I think that leadership that Rudder actually has this year, uh, that senior leadership, is, is going to pay off for them in some of these games. Uh, so, you know, I'm really curious to see how the Rangers respond this week. And, hey, if they get that win, I mean, that's that elusive third win in district that they've been looking for. And, with Huntsville losing to Lamar Consolidated, which was a huge shock, huge shock. Uh, you, you, you really, really like the Rangers' chances of making the playoffs if they're able to get a win this week. So, For sure. All right, coming up next, Travis Brown. He's going to join us, going to talk a little Brian Viking football on Brian's big win over Colleen Shoemaker last Friday. Welcome back to the Brazos Sports Preps cast, everyone. Joining us now, it's our fellow Eagle friend, Travis Brown. He he covers mostly Texas A&M athletics, but he helps us out on Friday nights covering high school football. And he's covered the Brian Vikings the most of the three of us this season. And, well, Travis, the Vikings finally got their first win of the year last Friday over Colleen Shoemaker you know, kind of looking back at it, what do you think the Vikings did well that allowed them to finally come away with a win 
I think the offense played with a lot of confidence, um, which is a, a, a big thing because I, of course, m- missing their uh, starting quarterback was um, huge for them and trying to kind of figure out what they were going to do there. They uh, got Tate Allen in there at quarterback who shifted over actually from linebacker to quarterback, but just the, the kind of confidence that he brought to the position, even though it wasn't necessarily his most natural one, the, the, the offense followed. And then the defense um, has been strong for most of the year and they brought a lot of momentum to that offense with um, forcing some turnovers, getting pressure on the quarterback um, and, and just making, getting, getting off the field at, in key situations that, um, that, that, that they knew the defense was going to be good. Um, and, and when, when they are good, it, it brings momentum over the offense. You mentioned Allen, obviously. Um, I've talked to a few players since they moved him from linebacker to quarterback, including his brother Tanner. Um, they really like the that he's bringing back the run offensively for them. I think they're really focusing on that, or they seem to be at least. Um, but how has having him at quarterback changed things for Brian, you think? Yeah, I mean, I think that um... – like I said, they have a lot of confidence. I mean, he brings a swagger They're there. He, when he comes, you can just tell when the team comes up to the line that, that he knows he's going to pick up at least four yards, if not a first down or a touchdown, he, he, he has a, a lot of swagger and a lot of confidence um, in, in his calls and, and in his uh, ability to, to manage the offense. Um, I think that um, he's a powerful runner. I mean, if he gets, if he gets the ball, he's going to try to run through you and, and they've done some um, option work with him where um, he's going to initiate some contact before making that pitch. Um, and, and so I think it's, it, it, he brings a little bit of, when I say excitement, it's not like speedy Johnny Manziel excitement, but it's definitely like a, you, he, he might truck stick somebody kind of excitement. Um, uh to, to, to that offense and he in, in some short yardage situations he can throw the ball they do a little bit of play action and I'm I apologize for not having my roster in front of me but I know you did a big feature on their um linebacker turned fullback um a couple weeks ago what was his name Andrew Boobin yeah he he was yeah. a prime target for him in the play action game coming out of the backfield um, and so when they do have a little bit of a third and long situation or want to catch the the other team sleeping a little bit, that play action to Boobin was working really well. You know, Brian's been really close in a couple of games this year. You know, they lost the overtime game to Belton. They lost a really close one uh, in non-district play. Travis, what do you think a win like this can do for this Brian team? They've got three winnable games on the horizon against Colleen and then Coppers Cove and then Ellison. Well, I talked to, to uh, Dwayne Paul Hill after the game, who uh, is, is a, a really great quote and, of course, full of confidence. And um, his quote was that he hopes that this that win he thinks can spur them to go to, to, to win out and then have a shot there at the edge of the playoffs, um, which if you if you look at some of the schedule, it, it could be possible if they continue to play like they did. I mean, it would be a little bit of a long shot, but um, I mean, I think that the 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 win gave them confidence that they think that they can still try to make a run for the playoffs and i mean if if you believe it you can achieve it (laughs) so um yeah i think that there's uh there's something there that that i i think a lot of what the the key word to brian right now is is confidence and they have it well we'll see if brian can keep that confidence up they've got a road game on Thursday against Colleen this week. 
Uh, so yeah, Travis, uh, before, before we get going, uh, how can people, uh, follow you on Twitter, uh, to get the latest updates on, on all kinds of things that you, you post about. I, I don't believe in Twitter as Jimbo Fisher said, social media is the damnation of the world. <laughs> no, uh, you can follow me at Travis underscore L underscore Brown. Um, you can see all my auto generated tweets from the football games because I use a scoring app. So um, otherwise, follow these two. Follow these guys. These are the guys you need to follow if you're doing high school stuff. They do some good stuff. So follow them. All right, Travis. Thanks for taking a few minutes to talk with us and give us a little update on Brian. We appreciate it. You got it, guys. Thanks. All right, Abigail. We're back. College Station last week rolled past Lufkin on the road. You know, I think each of us expected College Station to win convincingly again, but beating Lufkin 56 to 7 on the road is not really one to look past. Like, Lufkin doesn't lose games at home like that. And I want to say the last time that College Station went there, they lost. And, you know, Lufkin's obviously having a down year, and, and College Station is a true state contender. But, I mean, that 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 was that was a that was a pretty big win i mean marginal wise <laughs> um oh yeah I, no yeah. you're good <laughs> yeah you know uh, in in marquise collins he had another big game on the ground you know looking at him specifically what has he meant to that cougar offense this season i mean especially looking at last year the year that Roderick brown had and now marquise collins you know he, he, he had over a thousand yards last year, but now being the true number one back, what has he meant to that Cougar offense this season? I mean, a lot, a lot. We know obviously that the college station uses the run to open up the pass and, and they're really good at both. Um, but he, Marquise has been so big. I, I don't know. I can't tell you how many times I've been in a press box this season because I do travel with the um that, you know, the people taking score, the, t- the people from the other team are like, this guy is crazy. Like the, the, the way he's been able to run and really, I mean, he's literally like a bulldozer going through these guys. Um, even, in, even in their tougher, you know, games against Magnolia and New Caney and stuff like that, he's so crucial in that. Um, and he's really, uh, he just, he, he can make anything out of, or he can make nothing out of anything. So he can make anything out of nothing. Um, so even if you think he's going to get stopped with the line of scrimmage, he gets four yards or five yards or, or things like that. So he's really able to, um, um, just go through the guys and coach, coach half says, you know, he's really patient this year. That's maybe something that he hasn't been in the past, but as he's grown older, he's just gotten more patient about seeing, seeing his spaces and, and seeing his gaps and, and what he's been able to do with it has been pretty amazing. So. Um, he was, he's been really big for them. He was big again this week. Um, <clears throat> you know, he was almost at 200, 200 yards by halftime. They brought in, they brought him in for one more touchdown to begin the second half. And then that first team unit was out. Um, that second team unit often came in. Um, you know, he said, he said he knew that his time was limited in the second half. He knew they're probably going to take him out eventually just because the score was so out of hand at that point. And he really wanted that, that uh, another touchdown there. So he was able to do that. But I mean, he's been doing this all season. And I think um, 
he's just a, a really big guy for them right now. Yeah, and just kind of looking at that defense, you know, we saw a stat on Twitter the other day or, or earlier this week from Dave yeah. Campbell's Texas football. The Cougars, they're one of like 12 teams, maybe 13 teams in classes 3A to 6A that, that have allowed less than 50 points this season. They've only given up, I think, 44, 43 or 44, which go, which equates to like 7.2, 7.3 points a game. You know, how strong has that Cougar defense been? And, and even when they're up big, you know, they're not, they're not giving up these backdoor touchdowns either. No, no, especially against Lufkin. You saw that they scored. Lufkin was able to score. Um, I can't remember if it, it was in the second, if the first quarter or the second quarter. I think the second quarter, but um, it was a really nice throw uh, from Lufkin. But um, they shut them out the rest of the way. I mean, Lufkin had to punt on two of its four possessions in the second half, and then uh, Mikado Hinton Jr. caught an interception to end another half. So, um, they're really just firing on all cylinders. It's, it's just amazing what they've been able to do this season. I think the stats speak for them. Um, and I think also not only the defense, but special teams has been doing amazing this year. And I think when you have all three phases like that at the top of their game, um, the, that's why we have the 56 to 7 scores and, and things like that. Um, Lufkin never started in Cougar territory. Um, never started to drive into your territory, um, which you don't see often. Uh, the people in the press box are raving about, you know, Sam Trimble's kicks and, and, and after touchdowns and stuff like that. So I think, um, I think just when you have all of those, all those three together, you really um, are unstoppable. And I think we've seen that from College Station this year. Well, the Cougars, they host Cleveland this Friday. Probably going to be another big win for the purple and black. All right, Abigail, let's wrap it up. Area games that we've got our eye on. Who who are you looking out for this Friday? Yeah, I think, well, I think Lexington and Rogers will be uh, a pretty tight matchup, I believe. Um, Rogers, oh, Lexington actually is a projected one by three. Um, it's a big game for the Eagles, though, I think. Rodgers is obviously coming off a, a tough 56-7, another 56-7 um, game over here. They lost to Franklin last week, which we um, – I think we talked about kind of how maybe, that maybe Rodgers would challenge Franklin a little bit or we thought at least they would, you know, give him a shot there. But um, Franklin was able to really run away with it. Rodgers scored on a nine-minute drive to begin the – the game and, and that was kind of all they that's all they got um but I think a win here so if I look if we look at the standings which I hope are right um so Lexington is tied they're in a three-way tie for third right now at one and one uh, with Florence and Buffalo who they get to see after this week um Rogers is two and one behind Franklin um who's undefeated right now so I think a win here could get, you know, if Lexington gets this one against Rodgers, they win the next two against Fortin Buffalo. That puts them at four and one. They could be at second at that point. Um, you know, if Rodgers loses somehow during this, the rest of their half, I think they play Clifton and Florence, um, which should be uh, wins for them. But, you know, if they happen to lose one or they might be even too tied with Lexington at this point um, a few weeks from now. but. 
either way, I think it's a crucial win for for Lexington, and I'm sure that they want it right now, especially uh, I think Rodgers is going to be coming out fighting after losing to Franklin. Um, you know, definitely tough teams, but I think this is going to be crucial for the standings as we, we go along here. I think Franklin, Rodgers, and Lexington have a chance to be up there. Um, obviously, Franklin at first, but um, yeah, I think just think it's a really big game. Obviously, it's projected to be a tight game, and I think it might be exactly that. One I've got my eye on, Snook at Somerville. Uh, you know, Snook's one in five. Uh, they've lost five straight games after getting the getting a pretty big win over Houston Cashmere to open the season. They've had a pretty tough schedule, though. Uh, and and they, they've had a week off. Now they're entering the back half of their season where there's some winnable games. Uh, and, and it starts with Somerville, which is probably going to be the toughest of their last four. Somerville, though, they're two and one in district. They're coming off the loss to Burton, who's probably going to run away with that district. But, you know, if if Snook's going to make a run, it's going to start right here. Um, And if it and for Somerville, you know, you lost to Burton last week, but they've still got they've still got the chance to to make a run at second place in that district. When when you look at uh, what they've got ahead, you know, these next two games are 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 pretty are pretty favorable for them when you when you have Snook at home and then at Bartlett who hasn't done too hot closing with Granger who's the other undefeated team in that district but you know I'm curious if Snook can can if they have regrouped and can put it together and try to make a run at the playoffs here or or if Somerville you know they've got they've got Johnny Leg and Woodbury guys that we see on honor roll week in, week out, you know, I think this is going to be a good little matchup over there. Uh, is that Burleson County? That, that's got to be Burleson County, I think. So, yeah, Abigail's like, I think so. Yeah, uh, I'm like, I have no idea. I don't want to be wrong. <laughs> yeah. So that's definitely one I've got my eye on. Also, how about the how about the mascots in that game? You got Blue Jays versus Gay Waz. I mean, that, that's that's good stuff right there all right that's enough from me <laughs> all right thanks everyone for tuning in to another week of brad sports preps cast like subscribe spotify apple podcasts tweet us your scores and thanks for thanks for tuning in we'll see you next week